Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Welcome back to the Smarty Podcast. I am Cheryl Perry with Jen Plim, and today we have Dr. Josh Martin, a pediatrician with Atrium Health Levine Children's Charlotte Pediatric Clinic. First up, let me just give you a little bit of a background on Dr. Martin. He was born and raised in Matthews, North Carolina. He completed his medical education in California, where he has spent the last... 10 years until recently returning home to Charlotte. Dr. Martin enjoys all aspects of pediatric care, but especially enjoys working with newborns and their families. Outside of work, Dr. Martin spends as much time as possible outside, including rock climbing and mountaineering. Welcome, Dr. Martin. We appreciate you being here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to be here. So um, Jen and I are excited about this topic because yes. between the two of us, we have five boys ages 13 and under. Is that right? Yes. Between the two of us, we and have five boys. And three right in puberty. Yeah, right, around right in puberty. Yeah, yeah, 12 and 13. So um, today we're talking about boys and puberty. Kind of some talking points. Yay! Point. Yay! <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. So we're going to get some talking points for you from you on how parents can navigate it and what to expect. So... Let's just start really easy. What is the typical range for boys starting puberty? The lowest, the youngest age that we would expect to see puberty in a boy is around nine years of age. And if you see any signs before that, that would be something to comment on. Right. And that's a lot earlier than most yeah, people think. Definitely. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the age in which young men and women hit puberty in the United States has actually been sliding downwards over like the last 50 years or so, I think. Uh, that having been said, nine is still the, the benchmark. So I've heard with girls, the milk thing has been a topic, like if you organic milk versus non-organic milk. And the milk, hormones and The milk. hormones. Is that a thing with boys, too? That's an it, aside. It That's definitely a, could be. With th- boys, too? Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. And from my weird. understanding, <laughs> it happens that um, young men and women are entering puberty earlier and earlier, particularly in the United States, because of the increased access to calories, particularly mm-hmm. fat. Mm-hmm. So I think that it could be one of the driving things. And and hormones in milk was always a concern. Ideally, everyone has gotten hormones out of their milk at this point. Okay. So new so new puberty people are good. Yeah. But ours might. Yeah, still. they might still have. Well, we're not nine, we have any, we're not even close, and we're twelve and a half. Yeah, so. right, we're thirteen. The average range, just to be clear for for us and everyone listening, is is still much closer to eleven and twelve. We're just talking about. And then, the, how long does it last? Like, I know there's a growth spurt, and then my boys are really banking on a big growth spurt that hasn't <laughs> so happened yet. Right. I know. Like a foot. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Purely speaking about physiology, we expect uh, puberty to last from beginning to end around five years. Okay. Okay. And that I emotionally boys, speaking, but... it's a whole different ballgame. So, so do not, okay. I feel like I've always thought that boys grow later, That's typically. Absolutely true. Okay. As a matter, like my husband went online in college. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> boys will. Um, on average, girls will hit puberty around two years earlier, and boys right. will finish their puberty two years later. Okay, so more like interesting. High school rather exactly, than school. end of high school end is of when school. is when boys will be done for the most road, part. Jen. Long road. I know, yeah. Yeah. and ours is so delayed. 
Um, but what are some tips for breaking down the barriers between moms and boys, particularly moms? Because yeah. dads are supposed to have the conversation. Right. And it's kind of sometimes awkward. Right. And and sometimes we just don't even know right. what they're encountering. <laughs> and so, I didn't have brothers. Like, if you don't right. grow up with brothers and all right. that, it's a different ballgame. So, like, That's top a, five yeah. tips. Those are two really good points. And I will I will come back and say... Um, my biggest piece of advice to moms, sometimes we get tongue-tied around the idea of, like, penises, ah. et cetera. <laughs> so, number one, when we were 11, 12, 13, I think all of us had a very good idea about what puberty was, what sex was. Yeah. And then when we grow up, we kind of voluntarily blindfold ourselves into thinking, well, I knew that, but my kids don't know that. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. here to tell you that they do. <laughs> Well, they probably so, know a lot earlier than we knew, Yeah, to be that's honest. A, that's actually up for debate, depending really? on where, where Well, in my go. house. Yeah, for my sure. My mom, I, I was the fourth of four. I think they completely forgot about right. all of that, right. <laughs> that yeah. conversation, and, and they were pretty excited about that. So coming into the idea that your adolescent boy is probably in firm possession of knowledge that you're like, yikes, how did he get there so quickly? Um, the second part is just demystify it. You're like... Here's the thing, like we're going to talk about sex and I know you may feel really icky about it and this is not an easy conversation to anybody to have, but we're going to take the idea that this is not something for us to talk about or something that you should be ashamed about or that I should feel ashamed to uh, talk to talk you right. about. We're going to just wipe that right off the table and we're going to have a, an open conversation. Do you have any questions, son? We're going to start there. My husband did that yes. on the long car ride back oh, from right. Florida. Right. And I have twins. Mm -hmm. And they, he said, and I wasn't in the car, he said it was really funny because of all the fidgeting in the back seat totally. and the eye rolls. And, yeah. But it, but another thing about that is it's not a one. So he was like, no. check off the list. But mm -hmm. really, they have questions all along. It's an ongoing conversation. Right. And we go out of our way to encourage that, right? Like, it's not like this is a done deal and yeah, you like had this done. one shot to get your questions out. Uh, keep the door open, right? Well, and a lot of times what they see, uh, you know, because they are exposed to, yeah. and that's a whole, we've talked yeah. about that in a lot of our podcasts, because of social media and technology, they are exposed to so much younger. Right. And there are times when they see things that they're really afraid of or For sure. they really did not expect something to mm -hmm. be that way. You can get led down the dark corners of the internet pretty mm -hmm. quickly really fast. these days. So how do you how do you address because usually you're not warned that yeah, like, are sure. there the questions coming right. yeah um, again the the first thing to do is I mean you talk about the internet as a place to have fun and it's a it's a tool for learning but there can be some stuff on there that you really didn't expect and probably don't want to see and if you do see it then like tell me and we can talk about it or parents can say have you seen anything on the internet that you really thought was scary or didn't understand. And if it turns out that you know for an absolute fact that they've run into some pornography, et cetera, you can say, this is something that's on the Internet, and I want you to understand that it's not real. And yeah. Yeah. men and women have feelings, and when they choose to express feelings, that what you're witnessing is not that, and it's not something right. that you need to be concerned about and not really be a part of right now at, at this time in your life. So um, Jen and I actually talk a lot about this just because both all of our boys aren't quite at puberty yet and mm -hmm. they're into sports and mm -hmm. everything. And we have definitely noticed in different sports, the boys notice that they're not the biggest on the field or on right. the court. How do you 
Well, first of all, we are both shocked that it is a thing for boys to be conscious about their body and all right. that. Mm-hmm. And how? what are some tips for parents to help boys understand that, like, everyone grows at a different rate. Mm-hmm. You can still be a part of the team in a great way, even right. if you're not the biggest or the strongest. How do you go about helping boys understand that? Right. I would start um, – they, and ideally, they would learn this in school. But I think you know, as you talk about it, you're gonna you're gonna get the feeling that they are really well versed in science. Is that our bodies have a template, and those are genetics, and those come from mom and dad. So, no matter what you do, some kids are gonna be shorter, some kids are gonna be taller, some kids are gonna be thicker, some kids are gonna have a really lean body mass. Um, your body is yours, and you're gonna learn how to use it to the best of your ability. And there's nobody has any anything to be ashamed about when it comes to, to the, the size or shape of their body, right? Um, when it comes to succeeding, I think it all, it all comes back to the fundamentals that ideally we've been talking about from a much younger age, which is are you getting the appropriate amount of calories in the appropriate way, and are you moving your body every day? Those are the things that are going to lead to success. What about safety with size? I, t- I my boys tend to be more smaller framed people, and mm-hmm. they're small but big in their sports. So right. one plays football. It's mm-hmm. getting to the age where going into eighth grade, there are men on the field, and mm-hmm. he's still tiny. Um, he doesn't feel tiny. He, you know, his 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 ability and his drive is bigger than his body, but. One thing I, uh, me in particular, I'm a little concerned about is size, uh, his size versus the people who he's playing with. Right. Um, and there's only so much that we can do to control that. Like when, whenever we, we enter a sport, particularly football, there's always risk for injury. And um, doing your best to highlight that, doing your best to make sure that they're wearing mouth guards, doing your best to make sure they're wearing the appropriate pads and helmets is, is the first step. Um, knowing that young boys will, young men will grow into their bodies, we still encourage them to be a part of those sports. If if it's an ongoing concern, then and you feel like they're amenable to it, maybe until they've reached that point where they're of, of equal size to the other kids on the field, you could encourage them to do something that was a little bit less contact oriented. Right. Right. What about weight training? I've heard like you're supposed to wait until yeah. after puberty or what? What excellent, even, yeah, even yeah, excellent question. Hot topic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as it turns out, for whatever reason, the the idea that you're going to damage your growth plates or stunt your growth in any way has made its way into the common vernacular around weight training, and it turns out there's absolutely no scientific basis for that. Oh, interesting. So you can start weight training and are actually encouraged to start weight training for a lot of the athletes prior to puberty. The reason uh, being, Jen, and I think this is of of particular interest for uh, parents who have smaller kids, is that you will learn greater coordination. You will learn... Uh, to how to balance your strength, make sure that all your muscle groups are wow. in opposition and are growing appropriately, and you're actually able to uh, lift more and withstand more y- your body as you grow older. And those benefits last long into adulthood. I mean, I've heard That's of great. families, and my nephew is one of them, where maybe it was more technique, not mm-hmm. the uh, a level of weight that he was lifting, but back problems for life and that mm-hmm. may attribute to early weight training. Right. Maybe it was er- early 
improper technique. Well, I was going to say you should hire or find some place to show you proper technique. And there's so many places in Charlotte now. We have so many resources. That's absolutely correct, Cheryl. I mean, we've been telling our small children, you know, Mm -hmm. our boys who are on the small side, don't do weight training because yeah. right. I've always you're heard. not even near puberty. Yeah, right. now yeah, now so yeah, and maybe you can buff up. pump some iron. Let's right, go. let's do it. Time is now. Um, Cheryl, you're absolutely right. Form and and all of the the experts say this. Form is by far the most important thing. It's only once you get your form down that you are rewarded by increasing the weights, and then you see the right. physical returns. But without form, you do leave yourself at great risk to injury. And can obviously they build gonna, muscles with, with yes. pre-puberty? Because yes. yeah. these gymnasts look ripped and I they're mean, little. Yeah. yeah. Walker does. I know. He's got abs. Yeah. He does. That's a steal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you do have a smaller child, at what point should you start thinking about growth hormones? That's a big, that's a, yeah, it's a huge that's question. really extreme, but. Um, it seems very extreme yeah. to me. There are, so it turns out that there are a certain number of kids who do medically qualify for growth hormones, and it turns out that that number is probably a lot smaller than we thought, right? When we're talk, we talked earlier about the average age or of puberty being 11 and 12, the lower end for boys is around 9, the lower end for girls is around 8. If you haven't hit puberty between 13 and 14 when you're a young man or between 12 and 13 when you're a young woman, then it's time to talk to your pediatrician and potentially a referral to an endocrinologist. Um, I would never, as a general pediatrician, talk about growth horm- prescribing or giving growth hormone on my own. That is always in conjunction with a pediatric endocrinologist. Interesting. Right? That is interesting. Yeah. And that workup actually starts with uh, an x-ray of your wrist, which they use to compare uh, to, to norms to see exactly where you are in the process of puberty. Okay. Well, and if they're, like, I have, I've had that question come up a lot because we are a little bit smaller, but... Mm-hmm. We're small people. Right. We're right. not going to – are we changing nature? It's not like we're 6'5", and if we do growth hormones, are they going to become basketball players? <laughs> you know, so or, the, the way – probably not. Um, the way that growth hormone works is that it actually accelerates the, uh, the chemicals, the hormones in your body, and they'll cause your bones to grow more quickly, but your bones only have so much growth potential in them. So when you use these hormones, they actually accelerate the process whereby those growth those growth plates will close and in puberty earlier. Hmm. So you may be diverting nature earlier, but I don't think that we're going to end up with a race of everyone who's 6'5". Right, um, that big of a difference in the outcome. Right. We are a society that really loves the gregarious, outgoing, tall athlete. So I think every parent <laughs> so wants... funny, isn't it? It is funny. Yeah. Um, which, again, it comes back to you, I, when you were asking about what to do with smaller kids like your sons, it's about instilling the confidence that like they're fine in their bodies yeah. no matter who they are. Yeah. And uh, I had one patient whose dad, the patient was, uh, had constitutional growth delay. He was not growing at the rate that they thought. And his dad was like, I've, I've given him the tools that he needs to survive. If he needs to be quick with a comeback about his height, he'll learn how to do that. And I think that like learning how to do that really bolsters self-esteem. And self-esteem is the one thing that's going to lead you to success on the field. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Let me be clear. I'm not into looking into that. I've had a lot of people. You've had people. I've had people ask me because they're in unique sports Mm -hmm. or and size is a a consideration. And I've I've had a lot of people say, oh, have you considered this? I'm like, no. I mean, they're on the same. They're on the trajectory or the growth percentile that they've always been in the same one. And it's not like they're going down. And the word for that 
uh, is something called constitutional growth delay or late bloomers. And that tends to be purely genetic. Like if mom and dad were late bloomers, it's something that we can pick out pretty easily by a history and maybe an x-ray. Yeah. All right. Last question is a million dollar question. What's the best deodorant? (laughs) <laughs> and do you have any good deodorizers? Like, what's the best deodorizer? That's so for really for really stinky shoes. Uh, there are a couple of things we can do. Number one is just leave them outside. Right? Yes, that's what we do. Um, the other thing is you can actually take pantyhose and put a bunch of rice in there and then stuff those Where into shoes. Where do you buy pantyhose now? But I don't know. I'm going to take a hard pass on that Kroger? one. No idea. I don't even. Dollar store, I bet. Um, yeah. Okay, that's a really good tip, though. Very sheer socks, yeah. okay. I think, would work just as well. So it just well. absorbs. Yeah, the, that's they, interesting. they absorb odor quite well. Like an iPhone. And then that's, deodorant. That yeah, is a good m- deodorant. Uh, I don't know of one that's supposed to be any better than the other. I think that for kids who find themselves to be extra sweaty, there's actually a prescription de- deodorant that we can get involved. Yeah, but that's, that's interesting. I don't know that I would put yeah, my name behind one. There. Yeah, there's a condition. There is. Well, I don't yeah. Hyperhydrosis. To... Yeah, Ansley has it. My daughter has that. And then just a quick reminder, um, I'm sure you would want this, just to cold flu season coming up. Cold and flu season have, is I'm sure have been busy in swing. with vaccines. It is. So here's we your are. Smarty, smarty reminder to get your flu vaccine. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming to talk to us today. Thank you really all for having it. me. It was a lot of fun. If you're looking for more health content or inspiring patient stories, you can follow Levine Children's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's at Levine Children's. And you can always hang with CSP daily at charlottesmartypants.com, at charlottesmarty Pants on Instagram and Facebook and at Charlotte Smarty on Twitter. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty podcast series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. <laughs>